All right, welcome back to another episode of C Student Theology, where our goal is to make Christianity accessible to the average person. My name is CJ Pierce, and today we're taking a break from our marriage series, which I've been doing with my wife, Bethany, and I have a very special guest joining me. We teased this a few weeks ago, but uh, my friend Brittany Walters, who goes by the pen name B.W. Walters, is joining us. Uh, she is a recently published author uh, that came out with a new book, and I'm going to give her a second to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about that book. So Brittany, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, well, hey there, everyone listening. Um, CJ, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. This is actually my very first interview. <laughs> so I'm oh, nice. Yeah. And so first time I'm getting out there and talking about my book. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and um, you'd like me to just talk a little bit about about the book itself. Yeah, so let's let's back up a little bit. Tell us about yourself, um, and you know there'll be a connection because we've had Deontay on the show before, um, mm -hmm. you know, talking about uh, his his uh, theology and his background in the church and stuff like that. So you know, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, your family, um, and maybe even like your testimony, how you came to know the Lord before we get started. Okay, yeah, well, I um, grew up in the Central Valley. And so in my family, um, there's my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, so it was really, we were really a tight-knit family growing up. Um, our parents, they took us to church often and uh, made sure that, you know, my sister and I got involved in uh, ministry. And so for me at a young age, that was um, singing. So like singing in the church choir, um, in the, the public schools that I attended, I made sure um, to use my my gifts there as well, singing, um, doing drama, uh, plays, even even dancing. <laughs> so that was fun. Nice. Um, and so yeah, so um, it it really um, helped um, just having uh, that Christian influence in my life from my immediate family, um, as well as the people I was around, whether it was at Christian clubs at school um, or my, my you know my church family. Um, that definitely helped mold and um, shape me and, and um, helped me go in the right direction, um, especially when I got older and I, I went to college at, at Fresno State. And so um, a fairly big campus. Um, and as you know, just there, there's a lot of things to get caught up in in the world, you know, if you're not careful, <laughs> you know, sure. yeah. like when you hit college. But um, I was thankful that um, because of my upbringing, um, that the Lord led me to other Christians there where I was able to join um, Christian clubs once again and um, just stay um, in the word weekly, um, even though, you know, life was hard with classes and things of that nature. Um, and I can I continued to study music in college. Um, I ended up getting my degree in music composition. So um, I learned to write um, music for different instruments, whether it was voice, piano, violin, um, even bassoon. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> if, if what, what, is a, what is a bassoon? So um, a bassoon is, it's a musical instrument in the woodwind family. Okay. So, but yeah, I've never had to really explain what a bassoon is to someone. But, so it's I probably was... not a common question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I was prepared to talk about Terry Glim, not the bassoon. No, no, you're good. <laughs> it's my fault. I totally derailed that. Uh, okay. <laughs> really, my love for writing, um, it really flourished like during my teenage years. 
um, before I was doing creative writing, I was um, doing songwriting. And so it's kind of right up the same alley, right? It's all writing in the arts. And so um, I really just got into just writing stories and they just, you know, the word on the street is like, they just say, write the story that you want to read or write the story that you don't think is out there yet that needs to be out there. So that kind of was a motivator um, for me writing Tara Glenn. And so, um, you know, I just thought, huh, like I, I was inspired by like um, movies like Narnia, you know, where I really loved how um, the fantasy realm intersected with the, um, you know, like the normal world that we live in every day. Um, so that was like um, a main motivator was how can I tie like everyday life to something fantastical and really cool. <laughs> so, so that was like the main vision when I first started uh, writing Terry Glenn. No, I love that. So that's a great segue into, uh, I would love to hear more about the the book, the story itself, um, some of your inspirations for different characters, however much you want to tell us without spoiling it. Well, I would love to hear that. And I know the listeners would too. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, funny thing is before I even had like a fully fleshed out idea, I just had a name. I just had the name Tara Glenn. And I was like, okay, I really like that. So like a really cool name has to have a really good story, right? <laughs> like you can't yeah. just name something cool. And then it's just a subpar like. <laughs> you know, <story. laughs> so I actually spent six years um, crafting out this novel um, from start to finish and um, so really, it's um, it's a um, it's a book about well, it takes place during the um, age of exploration. So it is it's a, a period book. And so my main character, Daniel Marks, he uh, comes from a family of famous explorers. And he himself, when the book opens up, he starts out really confident, you know, that he can be just like his father and his grandfather and find, um, you know, great things and you know, get all this fame from even like the king of England because his family actually knows the king. <laughs> so right off the bat, you think he's got it all, right? He's got life set up. Well, unfortunately, we kind of meet him having an identity crisis <laughs> fairly early in the book because he realizes he's maybe not as great as his father and grandfather before him. And so um, he's still really young. So, but he, in his mind, he thinks that he's become like a laughing stock of the family. He feels um, like he has not measured up. And so that's kind of where we meet him in the beginning. He's hopeful, but um, it's like if he has one more failed expedition, he just might give up. <laughs> so, um, so his family is encouraging him. Um, his father has an illness and um, that kind of sets Daniel back a little bit, not wanting to pursue his goals. Um, but his father, you know, being the explorer that he is and having gone through similar struggles is saying, no, you need to go without me. You know, I've given you the family ship. I've taught you everything you need to know. You need to go. And so this book really is about um, finding your purpose in life and uh, realizing your purpose may not be what you thought it was, or you might not get there how you thought <laughs> you would. Yeah. And so yeah. And we all know life isn't very straightforward, you know, lots of twists and turns, but the Lord ultimately, you know, it's, it's all part of the journey and the Lord leads you where, where he wants you. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so let's see. Okay. So, so Daniel sets off um, with some of his crew members 
And he actually finds Terraglin by accident. He's actually led off course by something that distracts him and catches his eye. And so um, he winds up kind of going alone at this point. So he was with his crew members. And then ultimately, he ends up going in a smaller boat alone into this dark cave um, where he sees like glowing lights in the water. And so he ends up going down like a really big waterfall. <laughs> and so that kind of was inspired by how I say in the book that Terra Glenn is on the edge of the earth. Okay. So that concept of like the huge waterfall is kind of signaling like the edge of the earth. <laughs> and so he ends up there. And uh, one of the first characters that he meets is she's one of my favorites. She is named Edith. Edith Prane, she's the head protectress of Terra Glenn. So she's a weapon wielding woman. <laughs> yeah. So I just love her. Yeah. Um, so Edith's main goal is to protect the land that Daniel just found. So right off the bat, there's going to be conflict, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. They're not expecting visitors. They don't want visitors. They are a secret land that is hidden from the rest of the world, even though they know about the world, but no one knows about them and they like to keep it that way. So she makes that very clear to Daniel upon his arrival. And so um, beside her is um, Liam. He's the head protector of Terra Glenn. So, you know, it's their goal to defend their land against their enemies who are in the east. And so um, Daniel just kind of gets wrapped up in everything. He learns more about the land. Um, he meets the king and queen. And for some reason, they are okay with him staying there. And he, that doesn't sit right with him at all. <laughs> Because he's young, but he's not dumb. <laughs> he knows he knows something's up. Like, why would a land that is, you know, um, likes to stay secret, why are they letting him explore it? So he kind of is wondering that kind of throughout the book. Um, he meets some people. He, one of um, another character, her name is Bryn. She becomes his best friend in this realm. And she does have some secrets, but she still is loyal to Daniel. She's a good friend to him. And so um, as the book goes on, Daniel is um, actually, he's found by Terra Glenn's main enemy in the East. His name is Dror. And so with a name like that, you know, it's got to be like a good villain, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, so Dror, I, am, I actually, he, I really like him. Some might call him an anti-villain because he's good or bad depending on who you ask <laughs> okay oh he so he's got uh, layers yeah he's got layers yeah he and he's got reasons behind um his motivations and so if you ask um a Terra, which is the term for someone who lives in Terra Glen, if you ask him about Jor, they will all say oh he's evil you know he he tried to kill his own father and uproot the king. So Dror is the son of um, the king and queen of Terraglin, Matthias and Alania. Okay. And so, um, so, so anyone in Terraglin would say that Dror is, you know, he's he's evil. He's bad. He got kicked out, you know. But if you ask the people who live in Dror's land, Dethia, they would say, you know, oh no, he's he's a good king. He's our king. He's saved us from um, starvation. Um, and just, you know, things of that nature. And so, um, yeah, with, with Dror, I didn't want to go about it with him just being the classic stock 
character like oh he's pure evil and that's it you know <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, with actually... with drawer did you was there any inspiration from him that you found in in real life i mean maybe not necessarily in your life but looking around at the world or um is he purely uh, a creative uh, exercise in your book you know i can't really say i i had like a, a reference when when creating the character behind drawer okay um, you know i i just he's a he's a family man you know he 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 had a wife something unfortunate happened with her so and so he's a family man he actually he has six kids and um it's it's an interesting family dynamic um but no but to yet yeah, answer your question no there was no like um set person or other character that i really based him on i just okay. i really tried to be as creative as i could and didn't want him to be like a stock villain no i love it yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I tried to give him as much, um, like, um, what humanity is that the term? <laughs> yeah, like you could almost sympathize with the bad guy, you know? Right. Yeah. Right, and so that, and I think that might make the reader uncomfortable a little, knowing that. Well, I see where he's coming from. I know he's supposed to be the bad guy, but like, I actually understand him. <laughs> So in the book, when Daniel meets Dror, um, it's kind of at like a climax of the book. I can't give away what is happening exactly, but um, it's when Daniel's starting to learn that things just aren't really as they seem. He's starting to learn about the, the evils that actually lurk in this land. He had a feeling about it before, but now it's kind of really up front in his face. And so um, when he meets um, the villain, um, Dror, um, he learns that uh, he learns a little more about who Dror is. And also um, Dror actually has a mission for Daniel and Daniel has to do what he says in order to save the lives of his men who actually the ones who came along with him um, on his ship. Um, and so it's really a life or death situation. So Dror has something that that um, Daniel wants, which is the, the, you know, his people. And so, and, and then Daniel has, he has to get something that drawer wants in return to save their lives. And so that, that item, um, and, you know, in fantasy, there always has to be that magical item, right? And so um, in Terrigland, that item is the ancient relic or referred to as the trigon um, because of its shape. And so um, Jor sends Daniel off to get um, the ancient relic for him. And so um, it's a powerful object that can like control like um, the land's like food supply or its water. And so right now all the resources are on Terry Glenn's side. And that's why everyone in Deathia is suffering terribly. And so if Jor has this item, then he can bring restoration to his people. So that's why he's the good guy for his people, because, um, you know, he, you know, he is really um, using all of his time and his energy in um, creating ways um, that he can help save them. And so, so Daniel, he has to do, he has to decide if he's going to listen to Drew or not. So of course he has to, um, to save the lives of his men so Daniel finds himself um, having to embark on uh, this dangerous quest. And I thought it was interesting because you'd think that 
that his journey to Tara Glenn, you think that would be like his only quest, but then he has to end up going on another quest that he did not sign up for, one that's very dangerous. And so um, he has to take courage and um, he has a very little faith in himself. He kind of blames himself for um, some things that happened to his the people that he came with. And so um, he has to set that aside and um, still try and help in that situation. And so um, as mentioned before, it's really about the book itself. He finds his purpose. I'm probably a few chapters into it now. I can't remember exactly where I left off. Um, but one thing that I appreciated was that there's so much what feels like to me, like history baked into the story uh, and mm-hmm. into the world, right, that you're kind of stepping into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the questions I had for you was, do you plan on expanding it out past this particular book? Are there more books coming? Um, do you plan to uh, build a world, right? Like we see is, you know, like a lot of people are doing right now with like Marvel, Star Wars, stuff like that. Um, or or is this uh, kind of its own project? And then or do you have other things coming down the pipeline? Yeah, so I, I do um, expect to make this book at least um, uh, three books in this series. Okay. So at least I do want to write at least three books. If it, if it becomes more, that'd be even more awesome. Um, yeah, in terms of expanding on the world, I have thought about like in the maybe in the later later maybe the the last book or or somewhere in the middle like expanding like maybe more than just um Tara Glenn and Deathia exist actually I just remembered I have um a line by um Jor I believe who he says there are more lands here than Tara Glenn and Deathia okay um oh you know what that was actually said by Matthias the king my bad (laughs) (laughs) So there is a quote in the book by one of the characters where they say that there are more lands here than just Terry Lynn and Deathia. And so um, I would love to explain, expand, like you said, about like um, what Marvel and like the multiverse, like if yeah. so that would definitely be inspiration if I went that realm, like maybe there are like other galaxies or something. Um, definitely. I definitely I love the idea of there being portals to other realms. So okay. that's. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love to expand the book that way to more than just the two lands. There's actually a whole world going on. We just got like a small snippet of the rivalry between those two particular lands. No, that's awesome. That's definitely something to be looking forward to. Um, do you have other other projects? You don't have to you know, spoil anything, um, but are you, are you working on anything else creatively at the moment that you'd like to talk about? So no, not at the moment. Uh-uh. Okay. So Terry, I mean, Terry Glenn was was a huge check mark off my list. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I have started working on book two though, so I do have I do have a, a little bit of an idea of where I want to take it. Okay. Um, and so it's funny they say when you start writing a book, they say like, oh, you you might want to start like um at the ending, and I and I'm thinking, ooh, I don't know how I want anything to end just yet. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like when I start when I start working on a book, it's kind of easiest to start at the beginning and I might end up changing it. I, I actually changed the beginning of book one um, a few times, a few times. And I, I like how it turned out in the end. No, that's awesome. So if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, did you also launch a, a publishing company? 
I did. I did. So, um, and it's funny because what I've, what I, I've seen another author do is, um, and this is kind of how I, how I based, um, just like the layout of it, like, cause I had never done this before. So I'm like, okay, so how, you know, what am I supposed to put on this website? Um, so my main purpose is really just to promote, promote the books that I write. Sure. Um, and also, um, Deontay too, I told him if he writes any books, we can, we can put it there too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so I'm thinking maybe like, like a family, like a family business, maybe. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause to be completely honest, I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like cool. everyone feels that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought, hey, like just anything that that we write, um, you know, whether it's like blog posts or like short stories or or actual full length novels, I would love to just um, kind of, you know, upload um, through there. And so. So, yeah, so I'm just getting started with that. And I mean, if one day it becomes like like a like, um, you know, like a publishing company that promotes the works of other authors, that right. would be something, you know, completely new, but that would be like a really cool door to open if that were, <laughs> if that were in my future. So, yeah, that is really cool. I mean, just the idea of, so building this, you know, from the ground up, not only are you creating um, <laughs> a world, right, <laughs> that you're going to be expanding on, you're creating a family business, but also, um, just this kind of family legacy that is really cool. You know, like it's very gracious of you to bring Deontay in on this also. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, I love that. So, you know, when it comes to your writing, when it comes to, you know, the artistic side of things, how would you say that kind of intersects with your Christian faith? Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. That I'd love to answer. I don't want to sound legalistic in my response of saying, oh, like avoid this and, you know, do this and you'll be good. Sure. Um, even though those thoughts did cross my mind as I was writing, you know, um, some things I was, you know, a little hesitant to, to, to write. And so maybe I'd be like, no, let me, let me scrap that out or something. Um, so I was always, I was always conscious of, of who would be reading it, <laughs> you know, yeah. and also if, if God would be pleased with it as well. And so, um, and, you know, it can be hard when you have um, outer influences of like fantasy books or movies that you love, you know, and it's like, well, and those books aren't necessarily Christian, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's always going to be that um, like in between that you have to really think about um, when you're, when you are considering your faith on um, the, you know, the foundation of your very person, <laughs> right? And so um, I did find myself um, several times before I would start writing, I would, you know, pray and ask God, um, you know, Lord, like, what is it that you um, want me to write today? Like, whatever it is, help it to be pleasing to you. Um, and so I think that definitely helped with the direction of the book. And, um, you know, and it is hard being, um, you know, in a society that is anti-Christ, you know? Yeah, definitely. Right. And so um, you're you're constantly influenced and bombarded by um, societal um, things. And so um, I didn't want to go that route, you know, um, and especially nowadays, um, I'm going to I'm going to say I like, you know, like the woke route. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was not my goal at all. I wanted to write something 
that would bring people together um, that was not political, you know, something, just something that would bring everyone together. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about, you know, reading your book, um, I, I started reflecting on other Christian based um you know, worlds that have been created, right? So you think about like Lord of the Rings, um, you think about uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Books books and stories like that. And mm. I remember as a kid, those kinds of things were so good for me because um, they just got my mind going. They kind of helped me have this sense of awe about life and the world and, you know, made me think about like there really is, you know, in, in those stories, they're reflecting or illustrating um, a lot of spiritual realities that are true in this world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it, it was just good for me um, to get my eyes off of just the physical, ju just the what's right in front of me, but to kind of, um, man, I don't know if I want to use the word awaken, right? But um, shake up my imagination and, and be able to think about things beyond just what I could see. And so when I was reading your book, I was thinking, man, we need we need more Christians doing things like this. We need more Christians um, utilizing the gifts that God has given them uh, to, to stir things up in people, right? And because we have a world that's so focused on the, on the materialistic, and I don't mean just like buying things. I mean, like um, just that the, the world and reality is much more than physical, right? And that what we can see. And so this kind of shakes up your mind and your imagination, I think, in a healthy way. But then I was reflecting on how, you know, those stories that I brought up, they're they're aging you know they're they're still mm -hmm. strong and they're still making right. movies and tv shows out of them but i mean those authors have been gone for a long time like c.s lewis and tolkien and um i don't and I'm, I'm out of the loop so maybe this is happening more but i just don't know if there's really a generation stepping up to kind of take the baton and carry that creative side of christianity that honors god forward and mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons i was excited to get you on uh, and and have you, you know, do this interview with me so uh, that we could promote this a little bit more. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> to hear, to hear. <laughs> if you could, what would be some encouragements that you would give to young Christian writers and artists, uh, especially, you know, you talked about like the world's harsh. Um, mm -hmm. It's not it's not um, welcoming right to to a lot of Christian themes, I think, in art. Um, and it I... probably would be hard, I would guess. Again, this is not, you know, in my wheelhouse, but I would guess it'd be hard um, to get signed with someone as a musician or to get published as an author um, in, in kind of the mainstream right now. Right. I I would say my advice um, to, you know, other artists is don't abandon your faith. Just don't. Do not do it. The, the worldly pleasures um, that you think you you would want, you know, more, more than, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Just like the world, the worldly pleasures that you may want to pursue. It's, is not more important than Jesus. It's, yeah. it's just not. And I think that's something that we have to remind ourselves, um, just even with something like social media, like, uh, you see, you know, um, I mean, we're, the Lord blesses all of us, right? And you may get caught up in someone else's blessings, you know, mm, yeah. um, and like as an artist, you know, it may seem like, you know, the world of fame and, and riches and like, that's, oh, that's what I want. You know, that's what I want to do. 
but we have to always make sure that our um, hearts are aligned with, um, you know, the, what the Lord wants with his will. And so um, I just think it's important to, to be honest with the Lord in prayer, you know, definitely stay in prayer. Let him, um, uh, you let God conform you to his will so that you're not being conformed to the world. Right. So, so that'd be my main thing. My main point of advice would be just don't abandon your faith. Yeah. Um, There's nothing, nothing in this, in this um, fleeting life is worth more than the Lord at all. Yeah. I think that is such a good encouragement. And I think that for some reason in our particular time, artists and art seem to be especially under attack in some ways, or maybe just uniquely um, under attack by, by Satan. I think that, you know, art uh, done to the glory of God is an incredible thing, right? Because I think all art and beauty flows from him. Um, he's, he's the source of all of those things. And so when it can be hijacked, right. And, and, um, his glory isn't given to him right through those things. I think that's especially satisfying to, to the enemy. And so I think that like young artists and, I mean, maybe not just young, but what, you know, you see a lot like, uh, like you talked about on social media, right? Like content creators and things like that. Um, I think there is this huge temptation, just like you brought up. I totally agree with, uh, to, to use it for self-service, right. Right. Or self-satisfaction or advancing your platform platform or your name, um, Mm -hmm. without, without giving that due credit back to the Lord. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah, and it's it's so important to to give the credit to the Lord because it it belongs to Him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we're not the ones who who gifted ourselves with these gifts, <laughs> right? Know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's literally like part of the definition of gift, right? It's something you didn't have that was given to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a great great reminder. Did you have any other uh, any other thoughts on that for for young artists or artists in general or any comments you'd like to make on um, the state of of writing in our culture? Anything like that? Um, You know, I would just have to agree with you, CJ, about, um, you know, how we are in need of another generation of of Christian writers who maybe they're writing maybe they're writing um, like they're the books they write aren't necessarily Christian. Maybe they are secular but um, you definitely will be able to tell if they have that, you know, that um, foundation of faith. Um, and so, um, and I know I talked about earlier about um, ways that um, when I was writing Tara Glenn that I, you know, tried to, um, you know, be pleasing to God and not not completely just dive into um, the popular things of society, right? If the listeners wanted to find your book, uh, your publishing company, anything about you, where's the best place for them to connect with you, to follow you online, all those sorts of things? Yeah, so a few different places. Um, one would be my my author website, bwwalters.com, um, where I put all of my um, new releases on there. You can also sign up for my email list. Um, and then also um, howlingowlbooks.com, kind of the same concept. Whenever I uh, release like a new book, you can find it there as well. Um, as well as the links to my other websites. Um, I do have a website um, exclusively for the Tara Glenn series itself. So if you really love um, Tara Glenn, you can go on taraglenn.com and be in the loop. Um, There are character descriptions on there. There's the trailer for book one. 
um, cool stuff. And then also um, social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram um, under my, my pen name, B.W. Walters for both. Um, you can follow on there. I'm most active on Facebook. Call me old. I love Facebook. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm locked out of my Instagram currently, and I have no idea how to retrieve it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm, I'm most active on Facebook. Um, I love I love interacting with, with people on there. It's fun. Yeah. Wonderful. And and where is the book available at this time? So you can buy um, Terry Glenn, The Journey Begins on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, it's even on Walmart.com, which is I think is really cool. That is really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so those are those are like the three the three major websites um, where you can find it. And so I actually have a book signing coming up. I'm really excited about. Um, it's obviously my first book signing ever. It's going to be at um, Barnes and Noble um, at Arden Fair Mall in Sacramento. And so um, if anyone's in that area on November 11th, Veterans Day, um, I will be there at 2 p.m. signing copies of Tara Glenn. Wonderful. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate you coming on and having this conversation with me again. It's just really encouraging to see um, newer, younger artists and writers kind of stepping up and and taking this forward uh, into a culture that I think just so desperately needs to see beauty that is rooted um, in the gospel flowing from the author of all things that are that are beautiful, beautiful and interesting. So uh, thank you for doing that. Um, and uh, once again, if you wanted to find uh, Brittany, again, she said Facebook is the best place to do that. Brittany, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, CJ. This is it's been a, a great, great time um, just getting to do this interview. All right. Sounds good. We will talk to you later. Thank you. <laughs>